right, all right, here we go. This is the NBA Dream Podcast for RJ Bell's Dream Preview. I'm your host, Sleepy J. Joined once again by NBA betting expert Mackenzie Rivers. Mackenzie and myself, we'll go ahead, we'll cover some hot NBA topics, the NBA Saturday games, and of course, uh, we'll go ahead, we'll give out some best bets. Also, our featured segment, the Fezzik Bankroll Bet, is not locked and loaded for this Saturday. Mackenzie and I, we're going to go ahead and pass. Did not find anything that we... um that we think is wager worthy. So we're going to go ahead. We're going to skip that. Mackenzie, I do want to go ahead and bring you in here and start you out with a quick question. This was on my mind uh, for a few hours today. Uh, Kyrie Irving, uh, a lot of crazy news going on right now. Uh, will he play again for the Nets? I think it's unlikely. I think it's better than 50-50 that Kyrie Irving uh, will play again in the NBA. I think it's less than 50-50 that he'll play again for the Nets is my uh, uninformed uh, guess just from reading the tea leaves, you know. I'm with you. I'm a little bit stronger than that. I'm thinking like 60% chance that he probably doesn't play again for the Nets. We'll see how everything shakes out with Kyrie. Hopefully, you know, he can get back to the Nets and help that team win. They actually won tonight uh, without him on the floor, KD. Did you see the ankle breaker he did on Gafford there? I think Gafford looked like him. It's an all-timer. <laughs> it's an all-timer. I mean, James Harden will kind of like shrug people off and they'll go flying. Yeah. And that's okay. But when it's purely, I thought you were going one way, you didn't. And I'm on the ground. It's uh, it's something else. KD at seven foot tall, one of the great crossovers you're ever going to see in an NBA game. Yeah, it was uh, that was pretty nasty. I probably watched that one like four or five times on Twitter. All right, guys, so we'll go ahead. We'll, we'll throw out a couple games here for you for NBA Saturday. I do want to start it out here with the Pelicans. They'll be on the road in Atlanta. Uh, current line in this game right now, Atlanta minus two and a half, and we have a total of 233. Uh, Mackenzie, curious what your thoughts are with this game. Any likes, leans, any, any props? What are you looking at? This line is interesting. This line is saying that the Pelicans are clearly a better team than Atlanta. Uh, I have them as a slightly better team, but with a back-to-back disadvantage, uh, I think this line is a little light. I have the Hawks minus three and a half here, so I have a strong lean to the Hawks, and they've really impressed me. Um, DeJounte Murray coming in after Trey Young went down in the, versus the Knicks, put up 36. Yeah, I feel like last year the Hawks kind of, they put up stats that were commensurate with their Eastern Conference Finals run, but they kind of just lost close game after close game. Murray might be the difference. Murray might be that steady hand that uh, Trey Young hasn't been in his young career uh, that can kind of get them to the finish line, and they've done a little bit better this season. Expect that to continue. Pelicans, we've been bullish on the whole time this season. They're now uh, projected to win 48 games, so our team total of the year is looking strong. Uh, Nothing against them, but they're off a back-to-back. They kind of had a malaise game against the Warriors that they pulled away and covered uh, at least the opening number on Friday night. So. Uh, I feel like the the back-to-back is being uh, underpriced here by the market. So I, I lean heavily to the, the Hawks at home. I'll be looking close into them. I think maybe the underpricing could be due to a few things here there, Mac. Trey Young. I think that could be, you know, the, 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 the main thing. But I also think the other thing is that Brandon Ingram's been off for a number of days. He came back. He played well. And maybe, his, maybe they're saying, hey, you know, this guy's legs are going to be fresh. I think that that's, you know, that's one thing. I don't think the Pelicans had to really exert themselves. And, you know, the, in my opinion, I, I think you agree, they are the better team. My concern here for Atlanta is that they haven't beaten anybody yet. They beat the Rockets. They beat the Magic. They beat Detroit twice. And they went into New York and they beat the Knicks, who um, I don't really qualify as a, you know, as a 
real playoff contender. So their, you know, their their strength of uh, of wins there um, worries me a little bit. I think this is going to be a tussle. I think this is going to be a good game to watch. Um, I, I particularly don't have a a lean or a like on this game at all. I think the total might be interesting. I think we might actually see an over because the Pelicans, you know, coming off of a back to back, they might be a little bit extra lazy on defense. But um, the Atlanta defense is not a defense that that impresses me at all. And I think that actually Atlanta could be taken advantage of a little bit on the inside with Zion and probably Ingram with their length and probably get some buckets at the rim. So I would maybe lean a little bit towards the over. I know it's high. It's 233. But, you know, these games are these games are going over and there's not much you can really do about it. So maybe slight lean to um to the over there, Mac. That's really all I have on that game. Small sample size, but surprised to see that the. Hawks are not like a terrible defense. They're 18th right now for cleaning the glass, and the Pelicans are actually 11th. But, uh, you know, larger sample size. You look at last year, these are two teams that want to get up and down in different ways. The Pelicans will kind of attack you in the paint. The Hawks want to get up and down and shoot the ball a little bit. But uh, I think their uh, more offensive personalities come out in this matchup faced up against one another. And going back to the teams that I was just talking about that they've beaten, poor offensive teams that really can't score a whole lot. You know, you're talking about Detroit and the Magic and, you know, the Knicks. Uh, when they went up against the Raptors, they gave up 140 and 123 to the Bucks. But I don't know. That's kind of just where I'm leaning right now. I don't want to stamp that with any, you know, any real conviction. But uh, we'll wrap that game up. Mac, we usually do our, you know, how's this player look, you know, after a week or how's this team look, you know, after after a couple games. So we wanted to go ahead and switch that up. I think we talked a little bit about, you know, how we feel with certain players, certain teams. And you found a, a really cool, amazing NBA stat that you wanted to go ahead and give out. And we could talk about that for a minute here. Yeah, shout out to Stat Muse. I was kind of aware of this, but this kind of put a point on it. After the Jazz game Friday night where they were chanting MVP in Staples Center for Russell Westbrook. Not for LeBron James, not for Anthony Davis, but for Russell Westbrook. I guess it's called Crypto.com Center now. But they were chanting his name. Westbrook played great. They lost anyway to the Jazz. Now you look at the whole season. Lakers now, two and six. Westbrook, when he's on the court, plus five. They're outscoring their opponents. When he's off the court, minus 47. Scapegoat that. Their bench without Westbrook, or I guess their starters, depending on whether he's the starter or on the bench, has been terrible. With them, they've been a little bit better above average team, but without them, they've been terrible. That's not something you're hearing in the media, and that is something that the uh, numbers kind of say loudly. And I'll throw in another one. James Wiseman, I've talked about this before. When he's off the court, Warriors all right, plus 29. Through 10 games, that's not great, but three plus three per game, it's you know worse than expected, but still pretty good. Obviously, a playoff caliber team, but they're three and seven. Why? Why are they three and seven? if they're plus 29 when their backup center is not on the court. Because when he is on the court, young man, lots of potential, kind of uh, like a fly in the ointment to what the Warriors were doing. There were some uh, kind of hideous clips of offense, what the Warriors were doing with Wiseman and Curry together in the Magic game, uh, record-scratching moments where it, just, it, it wasn't working. Minus, minus when James Wiseman is on the court, 69 points through 10 games they're getting blown out by seven points per game in the limited minutes that he plays to put that in context i have the oklahoma city currently rated 
as my third worst team, seven points worse than an average team. So when James Wiseman's on the court, the Warriors become Oklahoma City. Uh, when Russell Westbrook, by the way, is off the court, the Lakers become Oklahoma City, essentially. So um, James Wiseman, down arrow. I mean, Steve Kerr talked about it. They got to change the rotations up if this keeps going, and it, it's been a terrible start for them. And uh, Russell Westbrook, up arrow, much better than he's been given credit for so far. All right, so let me ask you this question because I don't know if this is a trolling tactic or not, but why would they be chanting MVP for somebody like Westbrook? Um, he's a former MVP, puts up a triple-double, averages a triple-double for half a decade. Um, it was probably a little bit tongue-in-cheek. Uh, you know, Shout-out to the sophisticated L.A. cosmopolitan crowd. It was probably like you're playing so much better than we expected, so we're going to give you some MVP chance. But – I mean, just look at his numbers, 26 points and only 14 shots, six assists, two steals. He was their best player. He was their most valuable player uh, on a Friday versus the Jazz in a loss. I wonder if it has something to do with LeBron going out there and kind of laying the dud of a game mm. where yeah. we know that the one struggle that the Lakers have had has been three-point shooting this year, and Westbrook goes out. He makes, I think he made three threes tonight, ended up being the leading scorer in the game, and LeBron goes out. He has 17 points total. Couldn't make a three, took five shots. Maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know. Maybe they're just trolling the whole team at this point, and they figured, <laughs> you know what, this will be able to put a little icing on the cake, you know, for everybody out here who uh, who thinks LeBron is still the GOAT. But um, whatever, that's neither here nor there. Let's go ahead and let's move on here to get away from that topic of Westbrook and LeBron. Here's what I want to talk about there, Mac. I want to talk about where I think Vegas is wrong as of right now. And I think it's on the Rockets team total. It's currently set right now at 21 and a half. Now, the Rockets will have played 15 of their first 23 games on the road. And the remaining nine road games within this 23-game stretch, they will literally play one bad team, and that's the Orlando Magic. Mac, I actually think that this team could end up with maybe one, two, three wins max by the time that we're a third of the way into this season. Now, sure, the Rockets have a nice little home stretch of games, but that doesn't occur until late February into early and mid-March. By that time, the season is like basically over. I feel like the league has done this Rockets team absolutely no favors, and it's really put them in a bad spot to actually go ahead and tank the season and just give up with a decent amount of you know home games left you know at the end of the year. You know, based on what I see right now, the Rockets are no better than last year's team that won 20 games. But this start and the stretcher road games, that's, I, I believe it's going to hurt them far more than the books are actually thinking. I could see this team maybe winning 16, 17 games. That's where I would project them right now based off the schedule that I'm looking at right now. I think that if they get routed a few more times during this current four-game road trip there, Mac, and it results in four losses, I think the books are going to make a massive shift in this team saying, okay, now it's one and eight and it's, it's one and nine. The minute we see one in double digits – they're going to think this team's like historically bad and this 21 and a half is going to vanish. So I want to bet this team now. I want to bet them under right now, Mac, because I would be surprised if this team got 22 wins with the way that everything's lining up right now. That's kind of how I feel. I think Vegas is wrong right now, pricing this team at 21 and a half. So I like the Rockets under their team total. What do you think? I think you're right. I think the Rockets have a good possibility of getting worse uh, and are pretty bad right now. They have the second worst cleaning the glass net rating in the league. 
projected to only win 18 games by 538. So that's a three and a half game uh, edge right there if you believe this analytic site over the Vegas market. And you might not. You might say, well, the Vegas market is cal- calculating things that simple analytics will not uh, address. But I'll just bring your attention to last year when early on, maybe by mid-February, 538 was saying the Celtics have the best chance to make the Eastern uh, make the finals out of the East, and the Lakers are not going to make the playoffs. And that seemed like a crazy notion. The Vegas market made it minus 400 for the Lakers around that time not to make the playoffs. But the metrics were not swayed by uh, commercials or by who's the biggest stars in the world. Uh, and they were saying the Lakers were not nearly as good. The fact that they're saying the Houston Rockets are going to win 18 games right now. And in February, the prospect of Victor Wenbenyama, arguably the greatest potential prospect since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, if not of all time. Yeah, that's going to that's gonna sway some general managers thinking. Uh, that's going to sway some coaches thinking and uh, apply some pressure on those coaches. And I just don't think they're going to get better. And they would have to get better, three and a half games better than their current performance level to justify this number. So I think they're setting it off Vegas uh, early season expectations. And I don't think they're changing it enough. We saw this with the Cincinnati Reds in baseball where they were terrible, much worse than we expected for the first two months of the season. And they were only slightly adjusting that win total. Often that's an opportunity. I think you identified a good one here. I was going through Mac and I got probably maybe down to like the last 12 games. And I was actually counting on my fingers, like nine potential wins. And I'm like, there's no way in hell this team's winning 22 games. I honestly, I just don't think it's going to happen. Like they're going to end up having to have some real favorable things. And look, things like that happen, you know, where, you know, a lineup like tonight, like with the golden state warriors, they all, they end up sitting half the team, you know, things like that have to happen on a nightly basis for this team, I think to get over. So, I like that one. I'll go ahead. I'll play them under the 21 and a half. I think Vegas is wrong uh, with that. Just to say that we're covering all sides of the issue to play devil's advocate. The Rockets have had the second hardest strength of schedule to this point. Only the Nets have had a harder schedule. They're still one and eight, though. They're still losing by 10 points per game. They're not competitive. They beat the Jazz, who were like four and oh at the time in a game that they could afford to slip. So I agree with you here. I agree with the pick. Yeah, strength of schedule for them has not been easy, and it's it's not going to lighten up. Like I said in the beginning, their nine of their next uh, road games are going to end up with one easy game, and that's going to be like the Orlando Magic. So the league didn't do this team any favors at all, and you know, but maybe they'll do themselves favors next year, Mac. You know, maybe they'll get Wimbenyama. We'll see. Uh, with that out of the way, let's go ahead. Let's jump over to NBA Jeopardy. I think I kicked your ass last week there, Mac. And- I went one. I went one and one. So, yeah, I mean, that's probably your best performance to date. So, nice job. All right. So, I'll try to stump you with this one. So, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to ask Mac a question. If he gets it right, he gets to go to double jeopardy. Now, we're wagering pregame bulk dollars here. And uh, as you know, Mackenzie, the Golden State Warriors, they rested for their starters here on Friday night against the Pelicans. Now, Patrick Baldwin, not sure if you're familiar with Patrick Baldwin. This is not uh, Stephen Baldwin, like the Baldwin brothers. This is Patrick Baldwin of the Golden State Warriors. He's a bench player. He made a second appearance tonight of the season. His next chance to play in a back-to-back game will come on Monday. That will make Baldwin streak at two consecutive games. How many games does Baldwin need to play consecutively in order to break AC Green's Iron Man streak? <laughs> a rookie... Drafted 28th overall, I did have to look that up, but I knew he was a Warriors rookie, and uh, I didn't know this, but he's from Evanston, not not but five miles from where I grew up. 
um, a rookie compared to the ultimate Iron Man, who I don't even think he had sex when he was in the NBA, AC Green. He had a very strict policy about his daily habits. I feel like it's going to be a bunch, 82 games a season. I get this right if I'm within a certain range, right? I don't have to get it to the number. No, if you, I'll, I'll give you uh, within a hundred. In, in that case, it's easy. It's 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 eleven hundred games. All right, maybe I shouldn't have gave you a hundred because he played eleven hundred and ninety-two. So you just squeeze in there. Give me some within a hundred. Uh, within a hundred. Woo! <laughs> Let's go. All right, so you got that one right there, Mac. I'll go ahead. We'll give you that one. The judges say, "Good job, good job." Uh, how much of your pregame dollars do you want to go ahead and wager now on Double Jeopardy? I'm gonna play it all. Play it all again, boy. I'll tell you, you you don't you don't think about saving any money here. <laughs> <laughs> pregame dollars. I'll tell you what, they're uh, they spend just like real cash. True or false, Mac? Easy one. You can sweep this one two and zero. Oh. Steph Curry has made more threes this season than the entire Lakers team. All right, I'm stalling a little bit. Uh, Steph Curry more than the Lakers. He's been he's been dropping them. <sighs> Lakers started out ice cold, like 22% through the first five games. Westbrook hit a couple tonight. I'm going to say the Lakers more than Steph Curry. All right, you're right. The, the answer would have been false if you said that Curry had more. Curry does lead the league. In threes made, but the Lakers have made more. The Warriors actually... What's the numbers? I believe after tonight, the Lakers are somewhere in the 70s. And Steph Curry is currently at 46. All right. And the Warriors actually have made more like more than double the amount of threes that the Lakers have made uh, through this entire season. So, hey, look. Maybe they found their diamond in the rough three-point shooter tonight in uh, in Russell Westbrook. Statistically, I think him and Charles Barkley, like by far the worst three-point shooters of all time. So you could argue that he's due. You could argue that he's about to have his three-point renaissance. Um, by the way, AC Green, 1,192 consecutive games, 124 made threes in his career. You know what was funny, Mac, was I almost ended up with this bowl, bowl, minute bowl crazy stat thing tonight and it just didn't work out because i'm like how many threes did minute bull make i'm like i remember he had that one crazy half where he made like six with the sixers that one year yeah. and then i looked and he had like 43 and i guess his kid has only three so i was like all right i gotta come up with something else so i'm digging for stuff i'm trying to stump you but i don't want to you know give you anything too crazy but there it is again i thought the ac green one was excellent I mean, it, it, it made me think. I had to remember that streak. I had to remember how many games are in a year, estimate it. And I, I, I got kind of fortunate to get within 92. But, uh, hey, better luck, uh, better luck next week. I'll be here. All right. Well, we'll try to go ahead and stump McKenzie next week with uh, NBA Jeopardy. Uh, with that all out of the way, let's get into another game here. Let's talk about the Spurs. Uh, they'll be on the road here against Denver. Current line in this game, Denver minus 10.5. We had a total of 235. Mac, I'll tell you who I like in this one. I like the Spurs getting all these points. I'm curious what your thoughts are, and then I'll give my handicap. I want to see if you agree, disagree, if you try to throw me off this one. But I'll tell you, it's going to be hard to get me off San Antonio here. Let's see. Well, I make it Denver minus 11. That's what my power ratings say. Market says Denver 10.5. San Antonio, it seems to me, at 5-2, and two, when the rumors started coming out, about Jacob Pertle, currently ninth right now in the league in rebounding, being a trade target. 
it was like, all right, success. We've established kind of like the jazz. We're not pushovers. We got talented guys and we're going to be able to tank later. But, uh, Keldon Johnson, Jakob Pertl, we got some, we got some pieces that are proving some things. And with what's going on with this con- continuing story, uh, with Josh Primo, their recently released former first round draft pick. Um, I feel like this is just a down, this is a down moment. This is a down week for them where they got up and right after that news event, they, they beat the Timberwolves, uh, upset them and they upset the Bulls. And now with the more details coming out and it being a little more of a, a muddied story, uh, don't want to bet. On, don't want to back the Spurs here. I feel like they might be a little distracted, and uh, my power ratings make this number almost almost exactly what it is. So I would pass. I would even lean to Nuggets in the first half. Always a very strong first half team. Last few years, uh, that would be my lean. Nuggets minus six and a half, minus seven in the first half, but likely to pass the game. Uh, but you said you can't. I couldn't convince you off San Antonio. Uh, what's your pro San Antonio case? All right. Well, let me give you my anti-Denver case here first. I'm going through, I'm looking at their schedule, and I saw that they beat Golden State, but it's been two wins now against Oklahoma City, one against Utah, and one against the Lakers. Now, they also lost to the Lakers, uh, and they also lost to Portland. So I'm looking at their strength of schedule. I'm like, man, I'm like, they got a really easy strength of schedule. I'm like, I wonder what San Antonio's strength of schedule looks like. So I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay, not all that bad. But what impressed me about San Antonio has been their road record. This team is 3-1 and one on the road, and every team that they played on the road that they beat um, is actually pretty good. You got Philly and Minnesota. And here's my worry with Denver after watching them. And I don't know what Jamal Murray's plus-minus is, but my guess is it's not good. He doesn't look right. Like He does not look like he's ready to get back in the, in the gear to play NBA basketball. And I do worry against a team that, you know, can run up and down the court like this Spurs team. Like, they want to run, and, and they will run. That somebody like Jamal Murray, actually, not only is he becoming a liability on offense because he really can't get the ball in the basket, but I think he's a liability on defense right now. And this is one of the things that we talked about, you know, earlier on in the season that I felt like Denver was going to have a little bit of an identity crisis. And, look, they, yeah, they're 5-3 and three on the year, but they haven't beaten anybody but bad teams. And could we classify the Spurs as a bad team? I don't know because they've beaten teams that we didn't expect them to go out there and beat. So I, I'm, I'm really still worried about Denver as a whole. They're Mac, and I think one of their issues, uh, believe it or not, is Jamal Murray. I think that is their biggest issue right now. So I don't know how you feel about him or what numbers you're seeing with him right now, but he just doesn't look right to me. Yeah, he had that highlight. He had that crazy twist-turning dunk over the Thunder with two guys on him. But even in that game, not particularly great. And you look at the season, his true shooting percent is 50%. That's a decent field goal percentage. That's a really bad true shooting percentage when you're getting extra credit for threes, extra credit for free throws. Last time he played a full season, he was up to 59% true shooting. That's like a, a little bit below a Steph Curry year, but that's that's like excellent. So he's gone from an excellent shooter to a below average shooter. He's 10 games in to an ACL rehab season. So odds are he's going to be better by the end of the year. Uh, we saw Clay Thompson get a little bit more strength in his legs as the year wear, wore on and he got more into game shape, but there's no reason to expect that to happen tomorrow. Uh, he's been shooting more, but he hasn't been shooting a lot of better recently. Eight for 19, despite the incredible dunk for us OKC. So uh, yeah, it makes a lot of sense that as they incorporated him in, their power rating should be ticking down. 
because he's good enough to get more of that opportunity, but he's not good enough yet uh, to be that former all-star level self. So the negative Denver case makes some sense to me. Uh, I'm still worried about San Antonio. You mentioned their great road record that speaks to coaching. So I'll be passing the game myself, but uh, it makes sense to me that you're on the Spurs. All right. Well, Spurs got Vassal back. I think that that's a big help for them. Keldon Johnson was down for a game. He'll be back. He'll be ready. I think that that team's legs are going to, they'll be able to carry them through there at Denver. So I'll, I like the points. I'll take the plus, plus 10 and a half, plus 11. There are some plus 11s out there. So I'll go ahead. I'll, I'll do that. All right. So with that game wrapped up, our next segment would be the Fezzik bankroll bet. We're, we're going to go ahead. We're going to pass that this week. Right now on pregame.com, you guys can actually get my one-year subscription. Uh, this has never been offered before, and for about as little as 2 bucks a day, you guys could get all my picks for every sport. That includes my Game of the Years, Game of the Months, Game of the Weeks, my biggest plays, my best bets. And look, people have asked for my subscription, so there it is. Now, You know, while you're at pregame.com, enter in that code SLEEP20, and you guys will save 20% on not just my stuff, but on any pregame pro, including our very own Mackenzie Rivers. Again, go to pregame.com, enter code SLEEP20. You guys will save 20% on anything that you buy over there at pregame.com. With that out of the way, let's go ahead and let's get into our final wager here before we get to our best bets. It's time for our agreed-upon player prop. Mac, you got the goods with this one. Who are we looking at? We're going to go Magic hosting the Kings, Wendell Carter Jr., under 28.5 points, rebounds, and assists. You look at his game, he had one big marquee game, 30 points at the Thunder. Other than that, 14 points versus the Warriors, 15 points versus the Mavericks. Consistently been much lower than a few aberration games. On the season, he's only averaging 28 points, rebounds, and assists. So I think it's inflated a half already, and I think there's good reason why he'd actually be considerably less. You look at the Kings, they're not a good defensive team, but they do have some defensive pieces including a sneaky one in DeMonte Sabonis, top 10 in rebounding right now. And you look at the Kings versus opposing power forwards. They're top five limiting power forwards to points, and they're number one limiting opposing point guards to rebounds. I think the Magic here may win it. They're plus two. I think Wendell Carter may play a fine game, but I don't see an argument why he should get against a great power forward defense, points and rebounds wise, why he should get more than a season average. I think his season average is inflated already because of a few outlier games, like when he put up 44 points, rebounds, and assists against the Thunder. I think his median, what an average game should be, should be much lower than that, especially against the Kings, the way they play defense, and DeMonte Sabonis on the other side. So that's my side of it. That's a numbers perspective. We like Wendell Carter under 28.5 points, rebounds, and assists. I think the one thing that draws me away from him here, Mac, is the fact that Jalen Suggs, he's come back. And he had an amazing game last time out. And there was no way that that guy was going to stop shooting. And Carter only shot the ball nine times. I think Suggs comes right back and he's like, screw this. I want to get this going again. And you also have maybe Terrence Ross coming back too, which we know that when he's out there on the floor, he wants to gun too. So I think Carter was a beneficiary of, you know, the Cole Anthony being out, Suggs being out, Ross being out. And his numbers just got boosted up so much. But I do know one thing about Sabonis. That guy will draw fouls. He'll he'll get guys to end up, you know, getting to the bench. So he just has that weird lanky body where he shoots right into you. And somebody like Wendell Carter could end up in some type of foul trouble. So that's a concern for me as well with him. But, you know, the numbers just don't add up. Like it's saying 25 and a half should be his points and rebounds. And his assist line is at two and a half. 
And then the over and under for the points, rebounds, and assists is 28 and a half. So they're tacking on an extra point there somewhere. And I don't think he struck. I think he probably struggles to get to 25. So the fact that this is 28 and a half, I like this not only with all the things that you said, but I think some of the things that are coming into this game with some of the other guys, I think they're going to take a lot of shots away from him. So that'll be our agreed upon prop bet. We'll go ahead. We'll play Wendell Carter Jr. under 28 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. Uh, with that out of the way, let's go ahead. Let's get into uh, our best bets for the card there on Saturday. Mac, I'll let you go ahead and start up before we wrap this one up. What are you looking at? Let me go off the board for my best bet. Not going to lie. I can't say that I'm seeing the board all that clearly right now. I uh, want to take a step back and reassess some things, but this is a wager I made that's still available out there if you shop for Christmas Day and Take, taking a step back, I still think my handicap coming into the season is right about these teams. So I'm going to take the Philadelphia 76ers minus three and a half right now on Christmas Day. They're visiting New York. I think this market expected, I mean, we saw this when they were three and oh or three and one, expected a big comeback season for New York, make it back to the playoffs in Tom Thibodeau's third year, Jalen Brunson to lift them up. It just really hasn't happened. Saw them get blown out against the Bucks, blown out against the Hawks, against good teams. They haven't competed. And the Sixers coming into the season at a 50 and a half power rating, expected to be or win total, expected to be one of the better teams. I still think they're going to get there. They had some hiccups early on, but look at the way Tyrese Maxey's playing. Whenever Embiid's out, he puts up 30. James Harden should be back by then. He's going to miss a month with a foot. So he'll be back and he'll be rested. And New York on Christmas has just been kind of a more of occasion. For for the visitors, I mean, you're dealing with your Christmas responsibilities. At least they are away from home, and they know that they're going to have to, you know, deal with all that stuff after the fact. So on Christmas Day, historically, a poor home court advantage in Madison Square Garden has gotten worse. Three and seven ATS the last ten, actually since 1999 at home ATS, losing by three and a half points per game against the number, and it makes a lot of sense to me that you're in Madison Square Garden every day. You're, you know, dealing with everything you have to do in New York. The occasion for this team like the Sixers and Embiid and Harden and Maxi to go up to Madison Square Garden, matinee game, everybody in the world is watching. I feel like the home court is no longer an advantage for New York. And the Sixers, I still have seven points better than New York. So my best bet will be off the board, but it is available still. Four and a halfs are popping up, but three and a half is still available at some marquee books. So shop around Philadelphia minus three and a half at New York Knicks on Christmas Day will be my best bet for this podcast. Oh, man, I'll tell you what, you went completely out of your mind with that one there. huh? <laughs> I'm just trying to get value. I'm just trying to provide value. If you guys are getting best bets, I guess, um, you know, don't complain, even if it's, you know, a month and a half down the road. But that's awesome. Uh, Mac went and gave you guys an early Christmas present. I'm going to try to give you guys uh, an extremely early Christmas present with a winner here. I'm going to go ahead I'm going to play the Boston Celtics as my best bet, minus the three and a half points. Now, the Celtics and the Knicks, they both played on Friday night. Both teams ended up getting a win. But Boston was at home, and the New York Knicks were on the road in Philadelphia, and surprisingly, they had trouble with Philly. But I don't think that these two teams are really all that close. I think Boston with Brown and Tatum, uh, that they could just outfire you know, what the Knicks are trying to do here. And, and look, I think that these two teams, there's just nobody that can match Tatum and Brown in this game. Boston's the better team. They're the better defensive team right now. 
Uh, New York, to me, they're not really all that impressive. Like they should be able to go on the road and beat an Embiid and Embiidless uh, 76ers team. And I wonder if New York actually, you know, kind of falls down, uh, lets down here in this particular game. I don't believe Boston will. I think Boston will take that win against Chicago. That was a struggle for them, believe it or not, at times. And really go in and, and go into New York and, and be awake for that. So uh, I see Boston going ahead covering this one. It looks like the market's actually moving in here a little bit on Boston. I do see some minus fours out there as well. So if you guys can get a three and a half, go ahead and take Boston. I think they'll take care of business there uh, against the Knicks. Not liking what I see with that team right now. Uh, with that, I'll wrap up the podcast for the NBA Dream Pod. Uh, you guys know where to find Mackenzie and I on Twitter at Mac and Rivers at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Make sure you guys like, subscribe to the podcast. And again, if you're looking to go ahead and save some cash there at pregame.com, make sure you enter code SLEEP20. And hopefully you guys have a great Saturday. I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck for NBA Saturday. Enjoy the games.